0: Try not to have the pressure so that you think you need another full-time job that's going to drain you. Instead, like pull back, pull back from all of that and come back to living as simply as possible so that you can actually live at a slower pace, a more mindful pace that brings you back into what your heart is calling you to do every day. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we
1: touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. It's Jimmy Cavalier, the Liberated Healer podcast. I have Chris franken on hello welcome hey gina thank you so much and so beautiful to be here with you so she wrote a really beautiful book um she's the author of um this wild heart purpose and she also wrote a book called the call of intuition um embrace your unique calling and the unmapped path of that authenticity and i'm reading it right now and um you know, this isn't leaving my bedside table for a really long time. So thank you for your book and your uh, your injection of love and positivity into the universe. So I would love to hear a little bit about your journey with this book and some of your other writing. And you? Yeah,
0: beautiful. Uh, the book was a real surprise, actually. I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always, ever since like my first um year in high school, and I just fell in love with Shakespeare and the art, like the craft of writing, <clears throat> which was kind of a surprise to me. Music was always my thing during high school, so I didn't think I'd ever be a writer, but I was always writing whenever, whenever I could, and I just filled journals all the time. When I came to be an author, it was like, oh, something like Shazam, like it was just this like moment of, fulfilling some kind of divine destiny. It was like, oh, this is why I'm here. If everything's been leading up to this moment. So the first book was beautiful and that came from years of really wanting to research intuition and what that was all about. The second book I, I wasn't sure what I was going to write about. And then um, like I was having this afternoon with Mother Gaia at the beach and I just asked her, like, how will I know? How will I know what I'm supposed to do next? Like what am I going to write next? And she just went, what are you, what are you obsessed with? What are you, she just showed me clearly like what drove me to write my first book. And that was purpose, soul purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I asked her if she would write it with me because then I knew that it would like, it would be so grounded. And I wanted to write something that was grounded because purpose is very grounded. Purpose is a, how you're living and being each day. So I wanted to write something that was connected to Mother Gaia, which is why there's so many nature journeys in there to really help people feel and embody the process of learning who they are and learning why they're here and it's like a remembering as well it's quite it's such an interesting process so to just sort of break it all apart and then bring it all back together like a puzzle was just so much fun for me oh my gosh I people know me know I cry lately
1: you know when you're going through when you're processing and where you're healing and You know, it's such a release, but I I literally like the first page, I just tears flowed out with I didn't even like get to get into it. And what that means to me is that um, it's just like information that my soul is happy to receive and I need it and I want it. And, you know, there's like something. So I don't know if that happens for other people, but if it does, it's not a negative thing. It's really a positive thing. It's more of like my body saying, yes, here's what you need to know um one of my big things life purpose is so um driven in me because I didn't it took me a really long time to find my life purpose as well like way into my 40s so um and I was really suffering until I kind of found that thing so that's why I really like this topic a lot because I people that I know uh, in Los Angeles a lot of people are suffering because they're stuck in things that and they don't you know, they're doing on a daily basis and they don't know how to kind of transform their life into something that's soulful for them. And then now that cl- they're, they're thinking about the clock is ticking and that's, you know, that's what we need to kind of shed. Um, Correct?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You need to collapse time because some people don't really fulfill like their destiny until they're much later on in life but the thing is is that if you find a career that really lights you up when you're 65 before that day everything was still on purpose because you had healing to do maybe you were healing generational trauma maybe you were healing stuff that your kids have brought up maybe you like healing the earth and animals and just you know we all have we've all come at this time to be a bridge for the next age like that is such a freaking big deal I don't think like People understand, like, wow, if you signed up to be a bridge between ages, like you're amazing. Like, thank you for being here. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to have perfect job, perfect body, perfect family, like huge financial success, da da da. da, da. We've been sold that package, and that package is a myth. So satisfaction in everyday moments from planting a beautiful rose bush. I mean, that's That's so beautiful. That's so on purpose. You planted a rose bush. You grew some herbs. Like, yes, like every little thing that you do. So, nothing is a waste of time because it's not just because it brought you to this moment, but it's because you were doing so much more than you ever realized just by showing up every day in life. So, whether or not you really do feel on purpose at any particular age, and I know there's a lot of pressure to to live on purpose. I just find it such a great subject to unwrap because the more we actually look at it, and this is what consciousness and awareness does, is it takes the pressure off it, it takes the conditioning off it, it takes all the BS away, and it helps us just to look underneath in the spark of our soul and say, hey, you're so beautiful for your friends to be around. Thank you for that. Like that is soul purpose right there. So there's so much more we can like find within ourselves that we are being that is on purpose than just our job. And just our career. And I know, like, a lot of people in the US, especially, are, are losing their jobs and they're feeling lost. And if anyone is feeling really lost right now, I want to know, I want you to know that lost is just the most beautiful place. The universe is holding you in that feeling of what the hell. The universe is really holding you there. And it's saying, it's okay, it's okay. Just let it all go and just, you know, come back to what matters. Where are your values? Well, where do you like to go in nature? Try not to have the huge mortgage. Try not to have the pressure so that you think you need another full-time job that's going to drain you. Instead, like pull back, pull back from all of that and come back to living as simply as possible so that you can actually live at a slower pace, a more mindful pace that brings you back into what your heart is calling you to do every day.
1: Yeah, feeling lost is a great transformative place to be and uh it can actually be you know a blessing in disguise and um and you need that's why you need books though like yours because that's when you need guidance you know especially if you're if you are feeling lost you know you know healing is a solo sport in a way but because it can only happen with yourself within yourself but we're a tribe and the tribe puts out so much of this information and you have to just keep seeking the books or the guidance or the videos or whatever you need that speaks to you. And don't let that away from your bedside until you go on to the next journey. You know what I mean? It's just like this evolution, but you have exercises, um, you have all kinds of dream work um, exercises, vision boards, journal prompts. Like you really have a lot. If you are looking for your purpose in life, you can just kind of take your book And then I wanted, there's one analogy I loved. And it just, I mean, I loved it so much. And it's just because I'm living amongst the wildflowers right now. And it uh, my journey brought me here. I wanted to go here, but I didn't know. And an opportunity came up perfect. I'm like living in the mountains with all this wildlife and in Topeka Canyon, California. And it's been raining a lot. So everything is bloomy everywhere though, you know. And there's one that you were talking about. I like this analogy with the flower where you're like, it's safe, it has no water. It's like struggling to survive. And it's, you know what I mean? And all the elements around it is trying to help. But if it doesn't, what it does at the very end, before it goes, it drops all its seeds so it could go on again. And I thought that was so beautiful because even a single flower has that journey. And us as mammals and humans, we we have lost our way. And that's why we're so sad because we've forgotten like just exactly how special we are.
0: Right? Oh. Yeah, we have. And the thing is, I remember reading somewhere like <clears throat> someone someone wrote something that made me so mad. <laughs> and it was like, you're not unique. Like no one's unique. Why could how could everyone be unique? Like that's just silly. And the more I felt into it, the more I was like, actually, this is one of those things that's like the divine dichotomy, right? Or the di- or something that just You know, I think that's what Neil Donald Walsh calls it the divine, like the divine dichotomy or the divine. Anyway, it's like something that doesn't make any sense is actually, it's actually so perfect. Every single person is so unique, even an identical twin is so unique. And we all have a unique purpose. Our soul is a spark of God. Like we have a God self within us that is so radiant and incredible and powerful and all seeing and all knowing. And the way that that radiates through this body, I mean, wow, like, could there be anything more magical? So it's like, and it is like watching the process of a wildflower. The wildflower surrenders to the new path again and again and again. And it just says, okay, there's a really strong wind coming. I'm just going to give it up to the wind and off go the seeds. And that's the next step or the next or the part of their legacy or however you want to see that, sending seeds into the winds. Trusting that the earth will catch them, that the rain will nurture them, and it will grow into something else beautiful. Who knows where? Who knows how? That's all a part of the mystery of nature as well. that's who we are. We are nature. We are who? We are the earth. And so we need to remember that. And the more we can actually really connect with the earth, the more she shows us how special we are.
1: And you also said energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transmuted and transformed. So that was kind of a big thing for me to read as well. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, energy can't be created or destroyed, but translated. So yeah, that kind of blew, that was a mind blowing moment for me. Can you
0: explain a little bit of your thinking behind that? Yeah, sure. So that is um, the basics, I guess, behind like quantum physics is getting to know how energy works. And there is no like new energy formed. It's like there's no new water formed on earth. The water that you see around us on earth has been around for millions of years. It's the same water. It just goes through a cycle. So you know you're never creating water? It just moves. It's almost like it alchemizes from the water to the steam, you know, to the rain, and then back again. It's this beautiful cycle. And that's what energy does. And energy can't be created. So when you are angry... You're not creating this energy, This you're not creating an energy and emotion. You're actually just needing to express it. It's a movement and then it can alchemize. So when you let it go, obviously you don't want to let anger go like in anger onto someone else, but you can give it to Mother Earth. You can give her whatever you want. She'll take it. She'll take mm-hmm. it. She'll take it and she'll transmute it. You can give her anything. She'll take it and she'll transmute it and then she'll give it back to you as a gift as love as peace as bliss as understanding forgiveness compassion she gives it all back to you like that it's it's alchemy and that is the that is what magic is 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 when you understand how alchemy works and the basis of that is understanding how energy works so you can transmute and transform energy so you can like just sit with i had this i had this experience once i had lifelong anxiety and i was yeah, i was about 40 almost six years ago and I was at Mount Shasta, and I was with my guide and she said, what and I'd never even said the word anxiety because I was so sick of talking about it. She said like, what's with this anxiety? And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's um, obvious because she's just picking up on it. And I explained my lifelong anxiety. And then she said, okay, are you ready to alchemize it into something greater? And I was like, what's happening? And then yeah, next thing I'm like sitting myself, sitting in this violet flame that I've created around me. I'm just imagining this violet. I love working with the violet flame and it just surrounded me. And I sat in it, maybe it took about 10 minutes until my anxiety transmuted. Like it's just Because it, everything is just energy. Every, everything, our, our hand, our, our fear, our purpose, it's all energy. And I, so I sat with the violet flame until it transmuted into something else. And I was like, whoa, there's a huge shift in my whole being and my guide. She said to me, I'm like a physical human guide, not a spirit guide. And she said to me, so um, she says, where is it now? And I said, it's moved from my gut into my brain. And she says, well, if you could give it a name, what would you call it? And I said, I would call it intelligence. It was the only word that would come to me. So I actually transformed my fear into a, a more awakened state where I can see things more clearly. And this is the power of getting to know your emotions. As energy, getting to know your thoughts as energy and knowing, like being really mindful of what you are thinking, but you're not creating anything. You're just allowing things to move through you. And you're also um, becoming, when you become the alchemist, you get to understand how powerful you are and how you can transform your life in that way. Amazing. I still get anxiety. I'm going to have to look up that violent
1: flame. Um, it's just been part of my life. Is what I started on this path for was to heal my anxiety. And, um, you know, it just came back recently. So I'm definitely going to go back to the violent flame and and I call it a violent flame. (laughs) Isn't that a weird (laughs) transmutation? That's crazy. So, um, you know, you also mentioned, you know, you went into, you called something where there's no more. Permission slips anymore to give yourself permission slips, um, and you also talk about being a mirror for others. Can you explain some of those yeah. concepts?
0: Yeah, um, I'd love to. The um, permission slip thing is like I love everything I do to be a permission slip for someone else, just to do the thing that they've always wanted them to do. But then what happens is, and this is really a metaphor for for the entire spiritual path. And that is, if you come to me and you're unsure about your path and I give you permission to do the one thing that you've always wanted to do, and it doesn't matter if it's mountain climbing or knitting a scarf or cooking for cooking for someone or just quitting a job or moving somewhere else or whatever it is, I want to give you permission to do that because it's been on your heart. It's something that your heart is telling you to do. So then, okay, then you, you do it or you think about it and then you come back to me or you come back to someone else and you think, well, I'm thinking of doing this okay, well, I just want, I really want to give you permission to do that. And that can happen again and again. And then one day you wake up and you realize I don't need any more permission slips. I'm actually just going to honor my heart every single day as small or as crazy or as big and wild or as subtle as that is. I'm going to, I'm going to honor it. I'm going to show up every day and go, I want to read that book. So I'm going to read that book. I want to, I want to do that meditation. I want to go for that bushwalk. I want to, I want that, That person that I met the other day to be a friend, I'm going to see how that goes. I'm actually going to pursue that friendship or that lover or that teacher. I'm just going to go there and it might not work out. It might not be what's in alignment, but I'm feeling my heart is calling me towards that person or that energy for a particular reason. And the second thing you talk about is being a mirror. This is so timely that you bring that up. It's so funny because you write a book and then you learn more. (laughs) obviously after you write a book, you never stop learning. <clears throat> I recently had an experience where um, I was a mirror for someone else. And um, quite often I do that as a mentor. I get to mirror back to people what's going on for them. And people like because because I've learned over the last, I would say, five years quite, quite deeply how to hold space for people. And I feel like one of the things you do when you hold space for people, even if it's just one-on-one, if it's a friend, if you're chatting with a friend or a client or if i'm in a women's circle or on a retreat if i'm holding space for someone there's just such beautiful humility and respect and deep listening and deep listening becomes a mirror for the other person rather than oh have you tried this or oh oh why don't you do this or oh you know what i did do you know what my friend did it's just listening and that deep listening kind of shows up as a mirror for people and quite often you find People will answer their own question, or they'll come up with their own solution to their own problem, or they'll actually just be able to say what they need to say in full and complete expression. And then, wow, the healing that comes from that is profound. Other times you'll find that you're going to be a mirror for someone and it's going to be quite uncomfortable for them. And then what you see unfold in, in their expression is, is I, I see it now, this has just happened really recently. I see it now as a way, if if someone's not really being honest with themselves and they can't be open and they can't share what's happening, they're kind of, maybe they're repressing the shadow in their pain and their trauma. Maybe there's just something that they really don't want to look at because they think it's going to be so completely painful. So when you come up to mirror them in love and in truth, they can often like, push you back or reject you or um, project at you or even like some things that can be really quite painful if you're not aware of what's going on, like they might try and gaslight you, they might try and manipulate you and all these other ways in which they go, oh, no way, I'm not looking at that thing inside of me. So mirrors can be really uncomfortable for people. I mean, physically, energetically, emotionally, mirrors are really profound. And some people that I've been learning from lately have been saying the whole universe is a mirror. It's just a reflection of who you are. So whatever you see outside and around you, if it's really magical out there, if you walk outside and you go, wow, I get to live here. I get to watch the seasons change. Look at that bird. That bird's freaking cool. I don't know what it's saying. Then you know you've come to some sort of beautiful healing within yourself because there's some really amazing magic some ripples of the mystery that are moving through you that you're able to feel and express and see in the mirror. Why? Just
1: to bring it down to like real world um, experience. I, I'm wondering if you think this is sort of mirroring, for example, um, I had an old boss who just did not like me no matter what I did. Right. And it was instant. I don't even know why she hired me. Um right. and then, you know it was very painful on both sides right and something kept telling me this is a person there's some lesson here you're going to learn like but it was painful i felt humiliated in front of meetings um all kinds of really awful things um at the end when i left i got the impression that she didn't like me because i was all the things that she couldn't be in a way like you know she was very um you know very like uh, uh, hard knocks like 100% like uh, stuff you know very stiff energy like this is the rule the rule book right and I'm like the anti-rule book so <laughs> I think, you know and I think that her me having sort of like some of freedom and not that, that rule book in the box I think that really made her mad because that, that was what we had to go so is that, is that a part of mirroring too which you don't realize that like in that situation because that's happening to people's lives right now
0: Absolutely. And you, your, your description, I'm so glad you shared that story because I've had almost a word-for-word word experience with what you just shared when I was in my late 20s, early 30s with a boss that I had. And I feel like what I represented, which was the rebel and the the free, I was so free. Like I've always just acted spontaneously and free. So when someone can't see within themselves the wild rebel or whatever it is that they can't see within themselves, Or they just don't have that underlying awareness of who they are and their purpose. Some people, their rigidity is beautiful. It's a container. You know, like some women have that real masculine strength where they're able to hold a container. They're able to run a company. They're able to be really firm about boundaries and just like give it up to them because like that's amazing. But if they're like resisting or resenting that because they don't get to be free and have fun and be playful and they don't, they're not willing to leave their job, the CEO position, whatever it is for that, then that's the the trade-off they're not willing to let go of. Then they're going to resent you because you're just, you just keep showing up every day and you just keep like running around in your freedom and your floaty dress. And they're just like, no, I can't have that. Why can't I have that? And they they don't quite get it. And I do think a lot of people are seeing that mirrored to them. I mean, a lot of times that's what bullying is. Bullying is resentment of what you have. You see kids at school and you see kids who aren't getting like simple things like love from their parents or really healthy food. And they are going to pick on the kids who are just really grounded and stable and healthy. It's just such a recurrent pattern. So that's exactly what's going on.
1: And I bring it up because... When you have this awareness, then you can bring in the forgiveness for that person and not feel like it was personal. And that can be helpful in a healing for because you can heal that again, going back to, you know, healing is a solo sport. It's like at, at first it was like, this person just hates me, <laughs> you know, why? <laughs> and then when you kind of can look at it and go, oh, okay, I forgive that or you can let it go and not carry that as a personal thing that's happened to you. And, you know, because the more that we can release ourselves, right, is very helpful in our journey. We don't have to take it with us. Um, another thing you mentioned is when you went to Gaia and said, hey, help me write this book or be a part of this book. Make sure I'm doing the right things." Um, can Do you think that people can do that in, every, in everyday meditations in life or they can ask for that kind of assistance
0: all through situations in their life? A hundred percent, anytime, anything, anything, there is nothing that she won't hear and there's nothing that she won't answer. The thing about Gaia at the moment is that like, when we talk about this new age and the age of light, so Gaia the pl- herself as a planet is moving into what's called the photon band in the universe. And that's just, that's a band of light. That's why they say this is an age of light. So the planet herself is, is awakening. And we're like, we're along for the ride. We think this is like a humanity thing. We think this is like just us. We're all in our heads about it. Actually, it starts like in the core of the planet. There's this, this this heart that is now roaring with love and it's pulsing through all the layers of the planet and it's moving through us. And we're like, oh my gosh, why do I feel so activated today? Why do I feel so angry today? Why do I-? It's just, it, we're, we're like the antenna who, are, and we're releasing the ancestral stuff. We're releasing our stuff. We're releasing Gaia's stuff. So again, like it's, it's really helpful not to take it personally, but also to take responsibility for the process and the journey of your life. So having said that, like um, Gaia is an awakened goddess being who will listen to you, who will answer your prayers. You can tell her anything. You can, you can sit with her. You can sit with a flower And if that doesn't feel easy for you, then just keep practicing because she is so awake and everything is so alive out there right now. And you don't have to be in the wild to experience it. But if you really want to be in it, then turn your phone off and go out and go camping. I mean, be safe about it. Take your phone if you need to. But, you know, like just really go out there and go camping and go spend some time with her and say, hey, I want to just like really form a new connection with you because, you know, you're. You Gaia, you—you my Earth Mother. You made this body. The other day, I was having a really hard time, and I went out. I went out the back, and there's this beautiful shamanic process that I love by Stephen D. Farmer. And if you really want to know about shamanic processes, look up his books because they're so—they're all connected to the earth, and they're all really powerful. And I was really—I couldn't get this like weight off of my shoulders, this tension out of my chest, and like I just didn't know what to do. So I went outside and there was this, you know, lichen, you know, that stuff that's kind of like, what is it? Like half algae, half moss or something. Weird. Yeah. yeah. And it just looks like a little beard and it hangs off trees and it hangs off poles around here. And so I picked some, like, it was just like waving at me and I was like, oh, you're going to help me. Oh, thanks. So I carried it with me and I said, hey, would you mind like taking this like upset and transforming it for me? And it was like, it was, and it just said, bring it on. And and I breathed into it three times, and I started to giggle because like the the energy was rippling off me. And then I buried it into the ground, and I said a prayer to Mother Gaia to to thank her and to thank the lichen for transmuting that um, that discomfort for me. And then the next day, I was feeling a little bit awkward, and this flower kind of like fell onto my path, and I picked up the flower, and the flower was just had this little giggling very joyful energy and all I had to do was walk around with the flower and I just felt better. Nature is so ah she's pulsing with this joy and aliveness. You can go put your hands on a rock. You can go put your feet in like some running fresh water and and things will shift. That that's your intention. So just open your heart and really connect with Daya however you want to because she's so powerful. Oh my
1: goodness, yes. And um you talk about releasing maps um, in your book can you just talk us a little bit about what that is because
2: i think that was important that
0: has been really big for me in my life and i I shared a little bit of it in my first book the call of intuition i was writing about maps and i was saying sometimes you know like we receive these maps from other people throughout our lives some of them are well-intentioned and some of them aren't so much (laughs) and it's it's our parents when we're kids saying, hey, this is, um, this is how to navigate life. This is what you need to know. And then an auntie steps in and goes, uh, actually, this is what you need to know. And then there's peers and then there's teachers and then there's mentors and, and friends and so on. And we end up with this collection of maps. And we don't realize we have a collection of other people's maps within us, other people's beliefs, other people's conditioning. And we, um, that's sometimes why we get really confused because we were like, wait, I thought that was the right thing to do. I thought I needed to do that to be happy. I'm not happy. <clears throat> I thought I needed to have, you know, two cars to and, and own a house to feel stable. I, I don't feel stable. What's what's missing? Well, what's missing is your connection to your own heart. And what you don't need are any of these maps. And so I had some really beautiful feedback about that from my first book. And so I really wanted to explore it because it really speaks to purpose quite deeply we get so confused about our purpose because we have all these maps that we think we should follow in order to have the right career. If we have the right career, we're going to be fulfilled and satisfied. We're going to be financially independent. We're going to be so happy. We're going to be surrounded by great people. But we find ourselves in these situations where all of the opposite is occurring and we're thinking, how did I get this so wrong? And the, the only reason I can ever think of why people get it wrong, although there's no wrong, is that because they're following other people's maps. And so when you can take time to get to know the maps, okay, what did my parents teach me about life? And there's nothing wrong with what your parents taught you about life. They were doing their best. And sometimes it's not great. And sometimes it's great. But they're just doing their best. And so people are doing their best to try and share their maps with you. But you reach a point as an adult where you go, I'm just going to burn these maps. And burning doesn't mean I hate these maps. Burning means I'm going to transmute these. This is the, the alchemical flame. And when you can burn the maps, and you can do that physically by writing down everything that you can think of and then burning it, or you can just sit with the maps within you and just feel the violet flame around you transmuting it. And then there's, just, there's this clarity that kind of opens up from within and you think, so what is it that I want? What is it that would make me feel deeply fulfilled today? And what is it that would make me feel deeply fulfilled in 10 years? Because the whole, the whole, I think my sole purpose is to be a such and such, but that seems way too big. Like there's no way. Well, you can do anything if you just take one step at a time. Like, I mean, anything. You want to be an astronaut? Go ahead. Just take one step at a time and you'll get there.
1: Anything. I love that um i, I like to there's an analogy I have a a family member who's an atheist, which is perfectly their direction, but they um all the people o- around them feel like they kind of have to be the same with her and I think a couple people that are close to her have a little bit of suffering because they really are want to go more down this road or talk about it, but they feel like they can't. You know, because you might offend that person that they love or someone that you love in a like a love relationship, right? Like a partner. All of a sudden it's like, you know, see, like even when that's why I would think people were getting real political and it's like I don't really think that, but I have to kind of pretend I do. But then you also become a little bit a part of it because you're pretend, you know, but it's not authentic to you anymore. So you're really not living, you know, that's a part of the maps, right? Is like... It's okay whatever that person wants or does. But if you really truly want to explore something and you're not because mm-hmm. your mom really doesn't like X or your your boyfriend or girlfriend really thinks that's stupid, right? Or say something of a low energy like that. You might stop for years mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. not doing something that so your soul is trying to guide you to that thing, Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how, so true. That's how mountain dangerous, I guess. Not dangerous, mm-hmm.
0: but they will stop the motion of you growing. Yeah. They can be really suffocating like that. And it's okay to have differences and opinions in any kind of relationship, but wherever there is respect, then you get to be authentic. I think that's really key. I think that's what a lot of us have learned in the last few years. Yeah. I hope
1: uh, also and you have a ritual called the wild inner child. Connection and I thought it was so cute because um it's take a picture of yourself as a child and put it on your altar or somewhere. And I have one little picture of me that's like a Polaroid in the sunshine, just like, you know, in the 70s. And I have it right above my bed. And um, I'm in a temporary location, so I don't have hardly anything with me. None of my normal pictures, hardly any of my clothes or belongings or anything. And I have that picture. And I um and through this, I, through the journey, the changes I've been going through recently, um, you know, this just made me really just cry out loud because um, it's that soul presence, seeing that inner child work, um, and I, I don't know, I think that that's really, you know, beautiful. And I just wanted to mention that because I think. You know, and when you go into other people's homes, you see pictures of, you know, they'll have pictures of their kids or when they got married, but you rarely see pictures of them as children, like an, as an adult, right? Mm. And it, that those, if you get a picture of yourself, like innocent and happy, and then you can, when you are sad, you can really just look at that picture, right? And just see that soul living in you on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. I love that reflection. That's beautiful. I think there's a real there's a real innocence. I think some people who have had trauma in their childhood see their whole they say I had a traumatic childhood and what that does is that kind of wipes out the innocence of childhood and the beauty of your of your childhood and the ways in which your parents really did show up for you. And I know some people actually just had like pure trauma. And they don't have glimpses at all into that innocence. And that's really hard, but that's actually quite rare. So instead of saying I had a traumatic childhood, you can say I experienced some trauma in my childhood. But when you think back to yourself as a kid, you know you've done some beautiful inner child work when you can look back at yourself as a child and think, oh man, she was so cool. Look how cute she is. You know, like there she is in the sunshine, free and happy. I think that's a really it sounds really simple and whatever but it's actually quite powerful and you also
1: say that your soul is a perfect fragment of source and i wanted to see uh get your take on that you know because i think that that's important for us each person to remember you're just Mm. when i
2: when
0: when i imagine source like i i'm such a visual person right and so when i imagine source energy. I mean, it's everything, but my mind can't imagine everything. That's kind of a bit crazy for my mind. So I imagine like a fabric of light. And then I see like, you know, the great creator cutting up that fabric into perfect little souls. And so we're actually a part of the fabric, but we're not different to everyone else. We're actually all coated with the same Light, the same source, light, the same God energy, and we all have our own kind of like spunky personality, like we our souls themselves have their own really cool personality, like what they bring into life after life, and they don't always get to express it, but we all have that, but we all have that, like that's who we are. we're a part of God, and we're here. God or source or the goddess, you know, wants to experience life. Through us, so we get to have an incarnation on whatever planet we choose, for whatever reason for that our soul needs, and we show up and we just we have this experience. But when you remember that, wait, I am source energy, like that is what my true nature is. Which doesn't mean I'm nothing. It means there's so much power in letting go of the identity and the attachment to the body and um, all of the the roller coaster that comes with that. And when you get when you just let that go and you come back into the light of who you are you go oh I'm just everything I'm actually I can't even I can't see that in my head and that's fine but maybe I can just feel it for a minute maybe I can just feel that oneness within me for a minute and go oh that's who I am and also I'm the same as you and I'm the same as a tree and that's actually profound that doesn't make me any more or less than anything else and that's a relief And I guess that goes
1: into what, what, when you mention your blueprint of your life, or I guess it goes into that, that storyline that you use, blueprint. Can you expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So when you see, I like this idea that light looks like fabric. And so when you look at your soul, if you just wanted to say, okay, my soul is like a, my soul is like a shell. And it's really quite like this luminous shell. I don't know. And it's really unique to everyone else's like inner light and it's really soft and it's really um, it's made of fabric and then when I when I look like if I do a reading on someone and I want to look at their soul's bl- blueprint and sometimes this happens I'll see it as fabric and I'll see what's like coded into the fabric so there's this like blueprints that people have in their soul and it sort of has on it um, like a like a like a code And then when you can start to read that code, you can see that this person has come in to be a teacher or they've come in to be a healer or they've come in to speak for the animals or they've come in to teach us about mushrooms or they've come in, you know, like you start to see and the more I get to know someone, the more I can like feel into their, their blueprint, this fabric of light of who they are which isn't just this little like torch in their heart space. It's actually something that encompasses their entire body. It's like your whole auric field. And maybe even, I don't even know how long it goes for because we just, we affect everything that we're near. And so this fabric, this blueprint, it has all the coding within us to make our lives be on purpose. And I really believe that before we incarnate, we create that blueprint with our guides. And we we design that in accordance with our soul and in accordance with our mission. And our mission is um, like heavily connected to all the relationships we have in our life, so we don't meet anyone by accident. And then when we code that in, we get to see flashes of this particular incarnation before we've even like jumped into the body. And that's why we have deja vu. And deja vu usually happens in those moments, like those everyday moments of. I was literally just eating an apple, like sitting next to the pool. And what? This is so like it's not a big moment because you're not gonna be shown like who you're gonna marry. It's not that's not that's not a given. You have free will, but at the same time you have this beautiful destiny in your blueprint. It's just amazing. Um,
1: I've I process physically, so even when I do healings on people, uh I, I make sounds <laughs> that they're not they're not very gorgeous sounding sound on the beat, beating, um, which was something I was like, I can't believe that's what I, I, but um, it's it's part of my healing. Um, so I, when you realize what, however, you, your body specifically speaks to you, right? My blueprint is physical. So um, if I get around someone who's really um, has a lot of toxicity, kind of in their what's going on in their life right now. I will start to feel sick around them, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, but what I've developed is I have like an energy that swirls in my back when I'm either doing something of high vibration or I'm around someone of high vibration or it's a path I need to go down. And it just literally like, like for example, I was in yoga class today. It just starts to spin and it, it tingles all over. And it tells me, yes, this is something you should, This is a good thing for you today. And of course, it's yoga. It's good for me. I know that. But what I've recognized over time is that it's speaking to me. And at first it was scary. It's like, what is that? You know, I'm in the bathtub in water. You know, it's telling me water helps heal you. You know, but it takes a while. You have to have awareness. You need to like write things down or you need to see the patterns. You have to be a guess What I'm saying partially with you. Is you need to be in the. You're not going to just get told what it is, right? You need to. It's all about searching what your thing is, right?
0: Yeah, definitely, and experimenting and acknowledging, and yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't really ever known what a feather means to you, and you see a feather, write it down. Do you know what kind of bird it is? Write it down. Look up the bird. Write it down. Then you get to know. You get more and more awareness every time you bring that idea into the the this physical realm by writing it down you're actually anchoring something into your body it's a deeper wisdom so anything mm-hmm. like wow I had a swirling okay what does the swirling mean what does a s sw- what does a spiral mean to me is that like an awakening is that like a processing is that like I just and it felt really good so mm, okay that's telling me something there was really good like, and you, some it's, people like it's audio it's, or some people might
1: like visions yeah. or but you have to be really conscious of that if you're trying to develop your blueprint or see it or have a better connection with it, right?
0: That's right. And also you're we're all we're all psychic and we're all intuitive. So what you say is actually really important to know is that you if you don't have visions, like my visions are so faint, so unbelievably faint. But if you don't have visions, people think, Oh, I'm not psychic. Or like mm-hmm. I've never like I couldn't I've never connected to someone on the other side. I'm not a medium. <clears throat> it's like, well, actually we're all psychic we're all mediums and if you um if you learn that you're like some some of the most powerful psychics I know they have a knowing within them They don't see anything they don't hear anything they don't feel anything they have a knowing within them so they meet you and they just know okay this is what's going on for you you know like so just really honoring your body and your process is hugely important and it'll change your life yeah
1: I think we've put a lot of emphasis on imagery as a culture.
0: Yeah. You know, and there's so many other
1: ways to experience things, <laughs> but you know, through movies, TV, like, I just think that imagery has been, it's their cult, I, human culture, I guess that, you know, we do put a lot of emphasis on there. Um, when I'm in classes with other people and they're like, I don't see anything. I, I'm so jealous. I don't get to see anything. And, And then she's like, oh, I heard this. It's like, well, that's your thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So would you like to um, kind of take us on a little journey or meditation or um, any, uh, you know, like a two to three minute little thing that to leave us out on so we can kind of feel a little bit of your process?
0: I would love that so much. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to take us on a little journey to explore the sensory ways in which we can connect to spirit. Okay. I'm going to bring you up. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Just to everyone listening, as long as you are not driving or operating anything, just taking a time to close your eyes and uh, take three deep breaths into your belly
2: Really come into your body. As you're breathing, feeling your connection to Mother Earth beneath you. Feeling the connection from your feet into the Earth.
0: From your lower chakras into the Earth. Just anchoring into her and just feeling really safe and secure with her. Just knowing that Mother Guy is always holding you. And in an intentional way, when we connect to that, we get to be more anchored into ourselves. Now just taking a moment to open up your heart, just feel the energy of your heart space really opening up. Now open it up some more. Keep opening it up until you feel completely open. I want you to really feel the love that is pouring in and out of this space, front and back. This, this can feel really vulnerable for some people, but just know that when you're feeling into love, the highest love, that you are completely protected. Now just allowing this flow of energy to move up to your higher chakras and to open up your crown. And imagine a beautiful golden sun above you pouring its light into your crown chakra and down through your entire being.
2: Just feel really uplifted into this golden light. And so really held by Mother Earth with a big, wide-open heart. Now I want you to imagine with all of your inner senses turned on,
0: I want you to imagine that you're sitting on the side of a mountain. It's a really safe place. There's a large rocky ledge and you're sitting on this safe place, this rocky ledge. You've got your hands and your feet pressed to the rock. Your eyes are open wide. Your inner eyes. The birds are around you. The sun is streaming onto you, through you, warming you. inside of your body you can also feel the energy of this mountain you know this mountain
2: i want you to really gently tune into how you're experiencing this mountain
0: is there anything that you can see is there anything that you can hear are you taking in any smells Can you taste anything? Can you taste the fresh air? Can you taste what you had for breakfast? Are you tasting anything in this experience?
2: And then go into
0: your inner self. And what is it that you know about this mountain? Do you know what this mountain is called? Do you know why you're connected to it? Do you know the energy of this mountain?
2: Now gently run through your senses again. Is there anything else you can see?
0: Can you look around? Can you look all around you and see birds, animals, trees, clouds?
2: What can you see from the mountain? What can you hear from the
0: mountain? Are there any smells or tastes? What is it that you can feel with your feet and your hands? What kind of rock is this that you're sitting on? What color is the rock? Or what shape is the
2: rock? Is it smooth? Is it jagged? And then come back into your inner knowing again. What does this mountain want to tell you? What is the message of this mountain? Now whatever sense that feels the
0: strongest, I want you to sit with the connection from that sense to the space where you are on the mountain and just receive what you are meant to receive now. Receive whatever is coming through to you.
2: Now take a moment to give thanks for your incredible being, for your incredible soul, for this mountain. Give thanks to Mother Gaia for all the ways in which she connects to you, to all of us.
0: And just really gently come back into your body. We're going to keep you grounded with earth, and we're going to just really gently cover up that crown chakra but there's nothing else coming in there that isn't meant to We're just going to fill you with beautiful golden lights and there's no need to cover up your heart you keep that open as much as you can know that love will protect you and then just rub your hands together a little bit if you like or um, stretch your arms stretch your neck really gently come back into your physical body and when you're
2: ready, gently open your eyes,
0: and when you get a moment later on, just write down what it is that you experienced, whatever whatever it was, how wild or crazy or illogical it's been. <laughs> just write down whatever you experience, and just really honor that that is how in at this time you're Receiving information from Gaia, from spirit, from
2: from all beings. Wonderful. That was beautiful. Thank you. Chris Franken. Wild-hearted purpose.
0: Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much, Gina. That was a really great chat. Thanks for really getting my book. Like you really get it and you really received it so beautifully. I just, I loved our chat so much. It was so good to sit it with you.
1: I loved our time together and I hope you guys did too. And I'm going to link everything into the, you know, video so you can find the book and find Chris. And we all are wishing you the most beautiful, blessed, wild-hearted day. Go do something you love. Much love. Bye bye.
2: Podcast